Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. You're ready, carbon-based units, as we embark on our ongoing mission to boldly go where we've gone before. On a search for God, Captain Kirk takes the helm as we discuss Star Trek V on Normies Like Us. Cosmic thoughts, Jeff? You really piss me off, Jeff. Dr. McCoy is not in the best of moods. I don't control minds. I free them. I don't want my pay taken away. I need my pay. What does God need with the starship? Jim, what are you doing? I'm asking you a question. You heard it up top. We once again boldly go where no man has gone before. Except it's a little different this time with someone else directing. That's right, because we're going to talk about the fifth Star Trek film, aptly named The Final Frontier, here on Normies Like Us with your host, uh, Lieutenant Colin. Um, Mike Bach, share your pain with me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll just be Jock again, because I was going to be Jake Bach. <laughs> your brother. Oh, my brother. Half brother. Long lost brother. I need to sit down. <laughs> I like uh, that there's only, a chair that popped out of the wall for that one bit, not to get ahead of us. Well, <laughs> yes, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, we're here. We're talking about uh, kind of a famous disaster of a film. We'll get our thoughts. We'll get our opinions. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're once again doing our continued coverage of the Star Trek movies. Normies, if you haven't been following along, we've been doing all, f- uh, all six of the films. We're going to do more, of course, but uh, we're on our fifth year of the OG Star Trek films. So how are we doing, boys? Yeah, it's our five-year mission ongoing. I'm not sure how long it's going to take, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, we're hanging in there. Yeah. You know, number five now. I haven't seen this one mm. in a very long time, and mm. with the reveal of a uh, cyborg uh, at the end of Strange New Worlds, I was like mm. kind of ready to watch this one. So we'll, we'll get into it. But I was I was here for it. Sure, Jacob, sure. how about you? Yeah, I watched this. Well, when I was going through them a few months ago, I watched all of these in a row, and I couldn't wait to watch one a month. So I was just like, I'm just going to watch all of them. So I watched this a few months ago and then I just rewatched it, uh, last night. And, uh, man, what a, what a still movie. holds up, <laughs> right? You know, after the voyage home, how could you wait? You know, Colin, right. how do you feel? Uh, you know, Mike, I have felt a little disconnected from Star Trek lately. It's been a month since we've done one of these episodes. We do it the last week to kind of like round out our episode count, a, a genius system. I've been loving that, but, mm-hmm. um, I haven't been doing my Pluto TV Star Trek watches as I've done in the past. And unlike you guys, I haven't done the new season of the Orville yet. I'm thinking about starting it pretty soon. But uh, so I feel a little Star Trek disconnected. I was happy to be watching this. Yeah. And I'm also yeah, out on the Orville. So yeah, maybe that's, that's what I'll do to fill my Joe time. Show. Yeah. Oh, so, far. Okay. so you guys got to get into the Orville with us. Uh, yeah. Third yeah. season was great. And it could be. You know, the last season, if it doesn't get renewed, it hasn't been renewed yet. So could be the season finale or not. Who knows? And Dreamy now landscape. it's on Disney Plus. That's the big. It's thing. on Disney Plus. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Uh, I have both. So, yeah. So, so know, don't forget that uh, Naru from Prey is now a Disney princess and very likely my favorite one. <laughs> you know, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Man. Uh, and as well as the Orville, you can watch the uh, what Lower Decks just came back, right, Colin? Yes, yes. First episode and I of the thought, new season. Uh, it had that. That is true. I have been watching that. I hmm. just caught that sort of right before I watched this. Um, relogged into the yet. old Paramount. I thought it was a fantastic season premiere. 
And I okay. keep reading more and more about this crossover episode coming up that I'm getting like nervous about, I think. Is it happening on Lower Decks or is it happening with Strange New Worlds? It's happening with Strange New Worlds and it's not sounding like the entire Cerritos or Cerritos crew will be coming. It seems like it's only going to be Jack Quaid and um, uh, Tawny Newsom. So People essentially, who they're be put into be, makeup to look like yeah, yeah live action, <laughs> yeah, purple dyed hair. Characters. Yeah, I don't know. There's a joke about purple hairspray in this first episode. Mm. I almost wonder if that's the setup of okay, like well, I think like here we come. Yeah, Jack Quaid looks mostly like his character Boyner, yeah. and uh, yeah, you know, same with Tawny. With, uh, yeah, Tawny looks like Mariner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get away with so it. That'll be interesting. But it will be. Interesting. I was looking forward to the DS9 connections that I saw in the trailer of. Lower decks, but I haven't checked out that episode yet, so I'll have to do that. Yeah, well, Maybe. God, God willing, it'll turn out okay, you know. But what does God need with a podcast? Is really a <laughs> that's you know, right. The joke that, that I stole right. from Colin hey, off bye. mic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. I'm succumbing to your uh, cult-like advances. You can have it. Share your jokes with me. You know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> My father. Right. No. Yeah. Uh, should we just jump right in then? You know, we got the uh, the final frontier. That's. Uh, See if we can breach the barrier right after this. This has been bothering me. I forgot to turn on my background light here. I'm just going to change it to my... Like customary red, you know. Mm-hmm. Mike's got the cool blue. Well, God Ice is cold, blue baby. in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you guys notice those horses are also blue? I very much enjoyed that. <laughs> I want to talk about that horse. Can we talk about that horse as we come in? Because yes, it just like any other good Star Trek alien, right? Um, all it is is a normal thing with some shit glued onto its forehead. They had like little horns on it, and that's a space horse now. Wait, it's which like, horse are you talking about? The horse that Cybok's riding at the very beginning. You just got some horns glued oh, onto its forehead. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. I just thought it was yep. a regular horse. I was like, is this a space in, in horse? Because yep. so anyway. then they're riding horses later when they do the assault on Paradise City or whatever, right? That's yeah. Paradise City, yes. My, that is my favorite sequence. So we that's are going to talk Guns about the yeah, was talking about oh, Star right. Star Wars referenced that horse raid in Rise of Skywalker. Everyone thought it was silly. It's actually a reference yeah. to Star Trek V, the best been. one. Yeah, it must have been. Um, <laughs> we are back. Mike just said we're talking Star Trek V now. Nineteen eighty nine classic. We have said in the past uh, the distinction that makes this film interesting, of course, is the one for you, one for me clause that. The star didn't have with the studio. No, no, no. He had with his fellow star. That if Leonard Nimoy, his co-star Spock, was going to direct a film, then William Shatner, our beloved Captain Kirk, was going to direct one as well. And uh, Jake, I'll hand it over to you because I, I don't want to step on anything for your delightful quiz at the end mm. as far as like facts or trivia about this film. But uh, is there anything else we should kind of know about the climate of Star Trek at this moment? Yeah, well, uh, you said it, you know, Shatner was directing this one. Uh, the Next Generation had just premiered basically Huge. between this yeah. and Voyage Home. Yeah, and uh, which actually got blamed for kind of the tepid reception a little bit, you know, by some of the producers of this movie because they said, well, you know, people are, could stay home and watch Next Generation on TV. They're not going to come out to the theaters to watch this movie. People are getting tired. Of, they're getting too much Star Trek now with these two things, I guess, uh, which yeah. I don't, you know. Streaming is Whatever. killing movie theaters, Jacob. Yeah, exactly. TV is killing movie theaters. Yeah, same watch thing. Watch reruns of 
the next generation season one everyone's favorite season of that show uh <laughs> yeah not really um, no. but yeah so they were so shatner had this idea uh based around finding god or the ultimate question of of you know where what is god all about uh and he's like maybe we could make that into a movie it's also kind mm-hmm. of based on uh televangelists like you you know televangelists oh, were 80s, on the rise yeah. in the 80s yeah and shatner saw these guys were like these guys are like, you know, con men or whatever. So that's kind of where he got the idea for Cybok from. Oh, you know what? That, that actually tracks for sure. And, um, yeah, it kind of, ha- ha- you know, harkens back to like, um, I think Apollo's children where it's like, Oh, this Greek God was just like an entity that happened to be worshiped on earth. It's an original series episode. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's like Kirk again, encountering a, a God, figure like yeah things in Ancient space aliens yes yeah, and this uh, is kind of uh exactly you know, the, the motion picture kind of dealt with that this as well with v'ger similar themes and actually roddenberry when they told roddenberry what they were planning he hated the idea and he's like well that's kind of you know that's too similar to motion picture and we already did that in the show and everything so he wasn't into it at all uh and also he didn't like the idea of just having someone represent like Western religion. And it's just like an old guy with a beard in the, the sky or whatever. Yeah. But he didn't have that much input at this point in the movies. Uh, so they're like, we're doing this. Uh, Shatner tried to convince Harv Bennett, who I've mentioned a few times before the, you know, the last three films, he was very involved as a producer. He was kind of getting tired of star Trek. He wanted to do other stuff, but Shatner did convince him to come back and kind of, give some ideas and stuff. They try to get Nicholas Meyer, uh, director of wrath of Khan to come back and write the script. And he mm-hmm. was busy doing other stuff. Uh, and they'll try again, you know, next movie and maybe they'll succeed wow. that time. Right. Right. Uh, and I, I hope I'm not stepping on any trivia toes here, but I think there's also the, um, the budget was more or less the same from star Trek four, which was set on earth and didn't have a lot of, cause I got to say watching this, yeah. the effects look pretty cheap. Oh, yeah. They uh, look yeah. notably worse than the previous three movies, right? Yeah. And there's actually not only the budget was the reason for that, but they also uh, they wanted to go back to ILM, right? They've used ILM. Yeah, the previous right. three movies, Industrial Lights and Magic. Uh, they all, But the problem was all their best uh, people were working on uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and Ghostbusters 2, which both came ah. out the same year. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they're like, okay, we're not going to use ILM. So they ended up using a different effects house. And like you said, the, their budget just wasn't there for the effects. And maybe yeah, they're not as experienced with big models or something. Yeah. Like you could definitely yeah. tell. Um, I think I forget the name of it, but it was the, it was the people that did Little Shop of Horrors previously. Sure. So they did some good stuff before, but they just. It's not the same as ILM, right? No, no. There's some incredible shots in Little Shop of Horrors where, like, Rick Moranis had to walk in slow motion in order mm. to get the puppet to lip sync right. Like, like, there's a lot of good uh, trickery in that movie, but nothing like if you don't know how to shoot a spaceship for scale, like, they look more like models here than in any other movie. And I think that's just they're not sure how yeah. to light it, how to shoot it, you know, and it's just lack of experience and budget and whatever. So it kind of is what it is. But this is the, the worst, I think, as far as the effects that I've seen so far. A side Um, tangent, are you guys watching that Disney Plus ILM sort of TV show? I watched up about half of it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I think it's cool. It's cool to to see exactly the way I described it as just a bunch of weird dudes in a warehouse gluing shit together and filming it. (laughs) That's what they were doing. Yeah. 
old footage of them, Jacob, like, you know, like, yeah, 35 millimeter or whatever of them turning to the camera and be like, how am I going to figure this out? I don't know. Let's try yeah. it. And then like cut to them now, super old being like, and then I figured it out. Yep. <laughs> right. It's, and that's the really thing. Cool. ILM really created a lot of those yeah. in-camera techniques to film models and do space battles. And, and totally. this new studio just didn't kind of have that pedigree in it. You know, no. yeah. it's not really their fault either, but you can just tell as a viewer that this is, you know. A little bit lower budget. Right. Yeah. Well, I need yeah, to watch that. Yeah, because I love the uh, practical effects of the 80s. And to, and now, they, you know, everything would just be done in a computer. And I just it's just so much yes. different seeing models and stuff. And it just makes <laughs> me nostalgic for a time that I was not alive in. But, or Lord well, of the Rings and, bigotures kind of being the last time that was relevant, you know. Right. Yeah. You get a lot of back projection in this. Um, mm. uh, but I, I guess I'll point out um, the last, I guess, big technical issue that I guess this film faces is a teamster strike that literally like the crew is like walking huh. out on some days during production. And Shatner is like, it was hell. Like shooting this movie was hell. So oh, sure. man. how much can you blame? I don't know. Yeah. And Colin, you mentioned like rear projection. They were using that over blue screen in this because, yeah. again, to save money. So. Huh. Yeah. So that's noted, but I mean, so 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 we kind of touched on it. But what's this thing about, right? You know, we got <laughs> right. You know, what, what's Great the question. plot here? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I would love it. What's this cheap-looking movie, uh, movie about, Jacob? <laughs> yeah, it opens on a scene of a desert, uh, deserted planet. You might say uh, a desert planet um, made of chocolate pudding. Yeah. Yeah. Someone <laughs> rides up on a horse. There's there's a guy digging holes in the sand. Uh, Someone rides up on a horse. He says, give me your pain. He gives him a hug. And he's uh, you know, basically doing therapy to him, right? And he takes his pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he says, join my uh, cult. We're going to, you know, we're going to do some stuff. So that's the first scene of the movie. And what are you guys thinking at this point? This Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. Colin, what do you and, think? And, well, and keep in mind, Mike, the last time we saw these people, they were saving whales back in time. So <laughs> yeah. truly, right. Star Trek movies can be anything. I'm not going to complain yeah. about a weird setup or whatever, but you are kind of watching this already going like, what? This, it all already kind of looks cheap. <laughs> like, yeah. like, 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 what is this? We went out well, to the so Bonneville there, Salt we, uh, Flats with two actors in the second unit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so from there we cut to Yosemite, uh, and we see our crew. The real opening, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, surely. Hell yes. 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 Um, and have you guys? Let me ask you this real quick. Have you ever been to Yosemite in real life? I have not. I have not. But I, I know went you recently, have. Yeah. Uh, like a year ago, uh, and it was awesome. And I actually saw, you know, El Capitan, the mountain that uh, Captain Kirk is climbing in this, and. Uh, that's, it's a big free solo. You know, you know that movie Free Solo? That's mm-hmm. all about climbing El Capitan. Like it's a because it's got a sheer cliff face on one side, so it's like a very popular mountain for people to to free climb. Yeah, I was shocked to hear that term used in a 1989 film when Kirk says free right. soloing. Yeah, but if you see that documentary, it's literally about some people climbing El Capitan. Uh, so huh, I'm wondering if uh, the movie Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone was about free soloing, and I just never realized. Mm-hmm. But uh, could be, yeah. So is, is it is it uh, is it an accident that Shatner's directing this and Captain Kirk is climbing a mountain called the Captain? Uh, I yeah, think that was <laughs> little joke in there. Well, yeah. but and then there's know. this stuff that's added. What is this personality trait? Because again, Jacob, he doesn't get writing credit. He gets story credit. He did supposedly mm. just dictate a fountain of ideas at the screenwriter, sure. and we come up with this stuff of like when I have control of Kirk. 
the stuff that he's going to show off with is he loves climbing mountains. Later, he wears a shirt that says, go, go rock yourself. Go climb something. a rock. Or something. Go, go climb, climb a rock. rock yeah. It's like Why an any chance he has. Because it's there. You know what? Well, I want to touch on that because I do think that's a theme yeah. of this. Um, yeah. I think Cybok very much is climbing a mountain in this movie. And why? Because it's there, right? Right. So theming. What? I'll give him credit for it. Maybe not Shatner, but I give the writers and the team credit for that that line of dialogue that kind of sets up the thesis. And oh, here yeah. I can't I can't look past Nimoy's jet boots. That's my issue, Mike. <laughs> hey, they get a call back too. That's set up and payoff. <laughs> give him all the credit. This is the tightest right. script I've ever read. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, Shore Leave, he's climbing a mountain because it's there. Bones is all worried. You're gonna die up there, Jim. You know, all this kind of crap. But they're they're camping. They're out camping. My least favorite bones out of all the movies we've seen so far. Mm. DeForest Kelly is not he looks they they are so old by this movie, first yeah. of all. The cravat he's wearing does not, you know, it does not look great. He's getting skinnier in his little, like, little onesie suits he wears. Yeah, he's really just kind of he's a bones, away. Bones. Yeah. Oh, geez, he's becoming his um, namesake. Right. He's also and, grumpy mean. Like, he's not mean where it's kind of yeah, funny. Like, yeah, he's sometimes just outright funny. mean. He's always ornery, but in this one, he's like, yeah. he's arguing with Spock constantly yeah. and just being like, you fucking green-blooded Vulcan. Like, yeah. Spoiler, but he basically gets mind-controlled later. I'm like, what are you doing? No. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right. But, uh, I mean, he has that emotional scene where he has to, you know, confront his father dying and all that stuff. But that's once uh, we meet Cybok. We get, we get yeah. short leave cut short because yeah. this guy, Cybok, goes to Paradise City and starts basically kidnapping people and taking over. That's right. Before that, though, we do get Mm. the greatest piece of merch tie-in of all time. Now, did you guys know they sell the marshmallow holders? (laughs) No, I did not know. Officially licensed Jet Puff. So so there's a YouTuber I want to shout out. His name is Junkball Media. He used to have a bunch of really great uh, short little retrospectives on all the ships and, and stuff. But he did a whole video dedicated to the marshmallow holder. Um, and it's just wild that it only held like three marshmallows and it's like, (laughs) why not just bring a bag of marshmallows? (laughs) Right, Um, right. Also the mystery behind marshmallow. Why does, why does Bones not correct in? (laughs) Marshmallow. Because he's lost to them. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe in the future, like it's just translated to become marshmallow and marshmallow is just not I just think they just don't even want to put up with this guy. (laughs) It's been reincarnated by this. Um, Yeah. (laughs) While we're on the subject of marshmallows, I was just thinking yeah. about this. What's the other? What's another big movie that came out in '89? I just said Ghostbusters Two. Oh, uh, was marshmallows having like great PR That's in 1989 crazy. or what? Like, I'm trying to think of the summer camp genre, probably never being bigger than in the '80s, and yeah. marshmallows being a part of that. Right? Jet Pop was just going crazy. Yeah, yeah make some s'mores. Nuts. Hershey's stock was out the charts, man. Yeah, you just fucking yeah. falling for it too. Yeah, I, I kind of want a s'more um, with a marshmallow. But yeah, you're right. We get this right. whole scene. Uh, row, row, row your yeah, boat. Camping, this is so worth pointing out. Camping it's in nuts. the Yosemite. Uh, yeah. They say, let's maybe sing a song. They do a little row, row, row your boat, which is another callback at the end. And can I say, for a famous disaster, I'm still not out of it here. Like, I'm like, the boys no, are on shore leave. Our like core the, trio, Jacob. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Just seeing them interact in the in the camping and everything. Like, that's the fun yeah. part of this movie, I think. Even hearing the McCoys, like, oh, this is a family recipe. And you're thinking, like, Hatfields, McCoys. Like, how are these the McCoys, Old West, making beans? You know, like, it's right. fun well, to think of it that way. And they truly are, like, 
60 years old, late 60s at this point, and they have no one else. Like there are, you know, no family, no David is dead. Others. Yes, it's like yeah. Tapring's remarried. Has no one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Tapring. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about you know McCoy too. Like it was cool to see him in that environment because DeForest Kelly, he did a bunch of westerns. He's in DeForest before Star Trek. <laughs> like he he was really known for being an being a character actor in westerns before Star Trek. Oh, so, very like familiar that. in that role. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and, and that's some of the better stuff. But it does feel like watching this, especially that it's Shatner helmed. Like the character, like I mentioned, and the actor are blending to where this feels like a movie about an old dude struggling to be relevant. Yeah. And there's an old dude struggling to be relevant. Now there's a new Star Trek on the block, you know, like totally. I, I see that happening with the direction of this and kind of very salient point, I think. Right. So that's um, where I'm at with uh, the them being old, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So they're in the woods camping on shore leave. Um, and what happens? Well, Cybok attacks Paradise City, which is the capital city of the planet of galactic peace. Nimbus 3. Uh, Nimbus 3, which is apparently this planet that the Federation, the Romulans, and the Klingons jointly set up to be like a peace planet between these three governments. They mm-hmm. each have their own representative there. But it yep. just went badly and turned into like this deserted wasteland and the people there are like all like poor and stuff. But I don't really yeah. understand any of that. <laughs> and they're full of resentment. Again, this is some sort of weird critique William Shatner has, but worth pointing out. So this is the introduction of David Werner, um, yeah. the recently passed brilliant, brilliant, brilliant actor and someone who's shown up in multiple Star Trek properties. Not only That's this right. film, we might talk about him again in this series, but also yeah. – a next generation episode that I've expressed to you guys is my favorite next generation episode where he's right. just incredible as a Cardassian. So yes, this guy's the, uh, Star Trek legacy or legend. There are four lights. The episode where Picard gets kidnapped. <laughs> yes. There are three lights. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he played a Cardassian and then yes, he'll be in uh, Star Trek six yes. as a Klingon. Yeah, has all different characters. So yeah. he, he does your guy's beloved uh, Jeffrey Combs move where he really just sort of, hey, I'm here and I'm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, how he didn't win awards for these. He's so good. Yeah, and that's, yeah he's um, a great actor. He should have won an Emmy or something for this next generation role for sure. Yeah, and that's uh, Chain of Command. I had to look it up because I forgot. It's two-parter. Of one command. of the best. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's some of the best TNG. If you haven't seen it, listeners, definitely check yeah. out Chain of Command. And you know me, I love it when actors come back in different roles in star trek that's like one of the things that yeah. i really like <laughs> you know the name for it in andorian is unpronounceable i kept just thinking about jeffrey coombs like he could probably pronounce it yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know that's the other thing when they say the klingon word is whatever isn't it wouldn't it be stovokor or is that like a different thing because that's like valhalla to them is stovokor but they maybe don't there's another stovokor. origin point beyond stovokor yeah, right. I think this is maybe even before they came up with Stovacor because I think that was the next generation. So there could be stuff in here that doesn't exactly fit in the canon as That's we know That's true. It we could have not days. had any of that, even though the Klingons look like next generation Klingons. That lore probably yeah. hasn't been developed. That's a good point to make. Yeah. So who knows? But uh, so Cybok, you know, hugs everybody and gets him on his side. <laughs> yeah, he basically does immersion he therapy, says, give yeah. me your pain, mm-hmm. hugs them, and then they join his cult. Um, yeah, but his plan is to take over Paradise City uh, in order to get a Federation starship, specifically Enterprise, which his 
half brother Spock is serving on mm-hmm. because he needs a starship to travel to 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 pass through the great barrier at the center of the universe, supposedly where God lives, right? Mm-hmm. And so, as you just said, um, the different words for the different religions, but of course, for Vulcan, it is shikari. Is that is that correct? <laughs> shikari. You say so. I, I, <laughs> shikari. I, I think I'm pronouncing it. It's been a while since I got out of uh, Vulcan 2 in high school. My pronunciation is not yeah. so great. But uh, shikari. But Enter shikari. Yeah. Shikari. For humans. And right. he makes the claim of it's all one and the same. I'm going to be the one who finds all this. Now, can I ask you guys, where does he get this superpower of these forced empathy projections from? Do we get an answer oh, from I that? I don't think that's ever explained. Okay. My, my, I, the whole I'm, time I yeah. was like, what is this? My yeah. understanding is, as Spock says, you know, he, he was a heretic. He turned away the Vulcan teachings. So maybe he was experimenting with, I assume it's like a, an, an advanced kind of band form of mind meld. Where he's able yeah. to tap into your trauma, but it's just something that it's somehow related to a mind meld, but they don't explain it explicitly. It's not really no. explained. Yes. Yeah. I know there's this faction of Vulcans called the Vashkator, uh, which again, I don't know if these were, if this was something made before or after this movie, mm-hmm. uh, but it shows up in Enterprise. It's been mentioned in Strange New Worlds, but basically the Vashkator are a sect of Vulcans who. Uh, have decided to favor emotion over logic and are actually very emotional. And uh, like in Enterprise, they come aboard mm. uh, and uh, T'Pol is basically like mind raped by one of them, which is like... Really he forces a mind meld upon her. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's a whole thing, but it unleashes yeah. her emotions and like awakens that part of her. Yeah. Um, um, might not have existed I don't know if those were an point. original series thing or if that came later. So he could have been maybe the inventor mm. of the... Or the, the started the Vashka tour. I don't know. I hate totally that. could Great. have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, he's, he's saying, you know, it's Vulcans were wrong to reject emotion. Like you need emotion in your life, I guess. Yeah. So he's a big appeal to empathy and it's almost like he doesn't, he, he wants to be nonviolent. He's always saying, oh, I don't want violence. He, he generally hugs people and then they're just down to join him because yeah. they feel like he has given them something that they could not find themselves. Like a lot of televangelists, right? Like they've found healing through him, so to speak. So they're willing to follow him to the ends of the universe uh, at this point because um, they believe in him so much because he was able to, quote unquote, fix them. Uh, right. Whether that's for devious purposes or not, which is kind of what Shatner's looking at with the televangelism. But his ultimate plan is to find God, find the answers behind everything, which yes. a lot of people, you know, philosophers have been trying to do forever, right? So um, in his case, he believes. Yeah, he's not trying to trick people. He believes in his cause, hundred percent. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he get, gets access to the Enterprise because they well, so so they send the Enterprise to Planet of Galactic Peace. And then they come up with this elaborate plan to try to recapture the city. Uh, and this is where you have Uhura okay. doing a, an exotic dance. So uh, to you see people. this beautiful matte painting of a moon, right? You know, this is clearly shot on either a stage or maybe outside, right? With right. some additive stuff. Mm-hmm. You get this silhouette of some gams. You know what I mean? Some mm-hmm. like yeah. some like some haunches where you're like, oh, that's. I don't know if that's sexy as much as I'm like worried about the grandmother that I'm about to experience doing this sexy thing. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And you get full on, God bless her, the dearly departed Nichelle Nichols, um, yes. doing this sort of performative fan dance that I swear to God, at this point, I'm saying, Jacob, 
how can people hate this movie because it's so weird and surreal and then it right. just keeps going and going and going and then I kind of get it. <laughs> it's a really strange yeah. choice to, to do this scene. Yeah. You know, I don't want to speak it's ill cool, of the dead though. because like you said, uh, Nichelle Nichols did pass, I think, between our last Star Trek episode yes. and now. So. This is the yeah. first thing I've watched. Announcing it. Sensing, yeah, um, since that But it's a very strange movie to do, to do in this movie. Like you said, she's... You know, they're all very old at this point. She has gray hair. I think, we, the first time in a movie. We, well, we've essentially only seen Uhura have a character arc through these five movies now of changing her hairstyles. And in this one, Jacob, she lets herself go silver fox. And you're like, yeah. God, it's just there's nothing wrong with it. But also I mean, she you're definitely looks watching, good for her age. Like, I'm she not looks incredible mm-hmm. but it just so that. reminds you in your face of these people are a million years old. which again is this is my yeah. hypothesis of shatner like trying to be relevant like we're, we're not old we're, we're the original deal we're still yeah. got plenty of time left you know and it's like the other the other thing too with her is where five movies in and like she's gotten promoted she's got a new jacket and everything but really all they got her doing is no response, Captain. You know, and it's like, yeah. come yeah. on, I still dude. feel like she has. She should have more responsibilities any, by it's, now. It's terrible. Of any of the main cast members. Yeah, can and I also Sulu point too? Doesn't yeah. oh, shit. Well, basically, he just gets the one line of, uh, "Oh, sure leaves good choice." We're in a blizzard. <laughs> oh, yes, that one too. We'll talk yeah. about that. Uh. Um, can I point out? You gotta though, check. This film has the most Star Trek references or Star Wars references. I think in that the. Mm. Capital Pleasure Planet is very much the cantina, and we really have not seen a scene like that in Star Trek before, right? No, this no, whole no. planet is basically Tatooine. Right? And Jacob, mm, yeah. isn't Nichelle Nichols doing Slave Leia a little bit here, like oh, all sure, of a sudden? Sure. For and we some have a Catwoman who's like, like a Twi'lek with three boobs. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a three-breasted well, <laughs> Twi'lek. Don't thank forget you that. Thank you for reminding me. We, can, so yeah. we just cut right to the fight. Yeah. Shatner picks yes. a fight with it's almost like him writing it like and you know i'm not gonna have a fight with like a big brawly guy like she's gonna be like the sexiest one possible and we're gonna top yeah. the total recall three boobs by putting it through a furry lens and it's <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean yes, it's incredible it's strange and also her tactics are essentially she will leap upon me forcing me to motorboat <laughs> she, her <laughs> she will try to take my clothes off yeah is her fighting style and you're like yes. you got it boss. it's so bizarre and then he throws her into it's a tank really of strange. water which presumably kills cat people because she's just completely yeah, just, she does not move after, after that, that. <laughs> everyone else is like we were just kidding there was no conflict but she's just yeah. probably still dead wow yeah, yeah. so um yeah, and again, not to focus on this Uhura thing again, but yeah, the reaction totally of weird the stuff on this planet. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like very strange. And then she wild. says, like, "I've always wanted a captive audience." That's right, boys. Yeah, oh like, man, so strange. This whole assault on this this city is the strangest. And then it turns Shatner out pushed it's all, for that line to stay in. I'm sure. He did, yeah. <laughs> um, and then it turns out it's all a trap for. The Enterprise crew apparently, yeah. and they're basically kidnapped by Cybox Cult, and they're in. They commandeer the Enterprise. So right? they're putting on a big yeah. play show about we're not fighting each other. And, and from here, it's pretty much interpersonal dramas on the trip to where Cybok wants to go, as we previously expressed, the, yeah. the center of the universe. So the the film really kind of slows down to just be like, you know, again. 
we'll save as much money as possible by just like using our ship sets and just kind of have like Shatner walk around and be disappointed in people who like fall for fucking cyborg shit. And you're like, yeah. oh, well, this really isn't fun to watch dad get mad. No, it's it's I think it's strangely paced and there's a yeah. lot of like slow talking scenes after that assault scene in between before the end. It's just very it kind of the movie just kind of stops for a while while people are talking on the starship. They're traveling towards the center of the universe. And it's not it's um, two hours. It's not short. It's not like no. this is just 90 minutes of this. No, I was yeah. pretty shocked because, yeah, at that point, all we've kind of done is be on Yosemite. We got a distress signal investigate. Now we're captured and we do spend the next kind of uh, length of time with our trio the in the break film. it yeah, just not a ends lot really once it's over yeah it's just like for how long it is too it's just <laughs> yes badly paced it's hard to get through really like it's hard to watch all at once because i was just like yeah. kind of got bored Better than V'ger. Um, yeah. Well, that's well, that's a good question. Which one would you rather watch, one go. or five? I And, you know, Jacob, I love that you have been asking us our rankings as we were going through this. I almost wanted to ask you, too, and maybe this is good for the end of, where do you put the villain for this film ranked mm. out with the other ones as well? But I, I put this above number one. This is mm. better than the motion picture for sure. Fucking, yeah. I'm calling you out, Jacob, on Letterboxd, giving it one star. I was shocked. Uh, one and a half stars, I think. One and a half. Okay. Um, I see, I disagree. I think motion. I like the motion picture better than this movie. Wow. Yeah. It's visually much better. I, I, I can yeah, give him I that. Yeah, because I think it's got the the visuals. Uh, you know, it's it's very slow again, but I just love the uh, you know, the beauty shots of the ship and everything. And just in this movie, just feels so much more cheaper and like the effects are bad. And which just, feels like the original series. You know what I mean? It's true Mike, yeah, where are you? That's true. I, I I like this more. I still I still at the point where okay, I think motion picture is irrelevant because they reuse a lot of those good special effects in Wrath of Khan anyway. Uh, right, and it's a better way to get our characters in essentially the same position they are as far as their personal growth is concerned. And Cybok, man, I I love him. I love him. Love Cybok. He's great. He's <laughs> so off, great. Lawrence Luckin Bill. I don't want to get. <laughs> What a name. It's just he believes it so much, you know, and, you know, when we get to the end, you'll see how he takes things. But it's like he's so sincere. And so when when he kind of gets the rug pulled out from under him, you almost feel sympathetic because like, yeah, you know, he almost achieved his dream because he's he's not really a villain. Like everything he's doing, he has a reason why he's doing like he's not evil or bad. Really, he's just very committed to what he's doing. And by yeah. the end, he admits that he's wrong and uh, is like, I'm sorry, Spock, forgive me, you know? Yeah. And then they do so, a little, yeah, I kind of, they're bros. Yeah. I, I like Cybok a lot, actually. Wow. Yeah. I love his look. I, the armor is incredible. In mm-hmm. here. I get why his Shatner, sleeves, like, man, they're sick as hell. Them. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, anyway, what do you think about yeah. Cybok, Colin, though? I, I'm the, the crusade I'm into. I, with these sort of storylines, which are these these men of faith, you know, like this is the moment. We're going to um, get more of this down the line, you know, in other movies. Yeah. Well, and it's even sort of like the like even like the gore, the God butcher, like kind of but to a you know different story beats. Mm-hmm. But that's sort totally. of like driving force of it. I always my central question is like, why now to these characters? There's always mm-hmm. this urgency of like, 
you know, I give us the enterprise. It, it's now, now, now. And it's like, why now? Why now? You know, he just there's needed not a starship to, to get there. Yeah, I don't know. But you're just leading um, this cult now. And it's just like, this is the perfect conditions. It's the only time right. we can get to shikari that I would be like, okay, you know. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, give a reasoning. Colin, yeah. Yeah. You're mentioning uh, Gore the God Butcher. You know, Marvel has kind yeah. of been known for doing these sympathetic villains, right? That are mm. like. They have a, you know, you kind of, they have a good reason for what they're doing. Um, and he kind of reminds me of some of those, but even like, even, even clothes, uh, yeah. Killmonger, you know, is so, mm. supposedly this great villain, but he's still doing objectively evil things by killing people at certain points. Uh, Cyborg never kills anyone. I don't think it's just, just the hugs. Yeah. yeah. He's just chilling. He's just like, give me your pain. He's, he's getting Romulans and Klingons and humans to all work together towards a common goal, bro. He's like, yeah. out here. Now, <laughs> I would say that is a very 80s view of Christian fascism, which I think mm. in Shatner's time, totally fair for him to say the dangers of televangelism is listening to these sweet words and getting caught up and changed to it. Him to say that it wouldn't lead to violence, though, we see now in our modern world that that is exactly the road it's to. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's maybe a, a fool's dream. Naive yeah. about things, yeah. right? Well, Heaven's um, Gate, you know, like there could be a very oh, different version of this script where this yes. charismatic leader is like, we're all going to fly the Enterprise into the singularity, right? Who the fuck, you know, that kind of thing could very much be a direction of the script like this could go in. And I think the studio right. did have a little bit of pushback of like, let's not like do literal God. It'll be kind of an asshole alien. And like, okay. Right. You well, know. that's, yeah. So, so they're traveling to Shakari, which, uh, Colin, I just realized that's what you were trying to pronounce earlier. Right. That's Shakari. Shakari. Um, and so they pass through this barrier and they go down to the planet and well, first, a bunch of stuff happens on the ship. It's not that important. Yeah, they try to escape. There's a jet boot scene. They do escape. Then he gives them hugs. <laughs> There's some trauma that gets dealt with. And then it's like, all right, yeah. fuck it. We're here. We yeah. might as well look at the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, just come with me to see God or whatever. So it's right outside. We're already here. I guess so. Yeah. God. <laughs> right. I'm going to turn around the second we look at it. And it's like, you're welcome to. Yeah. It's like, all right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And at this point, there's different like levels of belief between the three main cast members, right? Like DeForest Kelly, he's has that he's has that scene with his dad. He he's buys more on board now. Uh, Bones, uh, Spock is still very conflicted because it's his brother. As we find out, it's his half brother. Uh, Sarek had a child with a Vulcan woman and made Cybok, whereas Spock is half human. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And then um, uh, Kirk. I, I need my pain. I don't want my pain to go away. You know, like yeah, he doesn't Kirk even. Want, still very <laughs> Kirk refuses the hug, bro. He's he's he has, yeah. he's, yes. he's not dealing with it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is, yeah, he's basically just rejecting therapy, right? Well, classic eighties male, toxic masculine, tough. And again, my dad watching this just going like, yes, yes, Kirk. Um, I guess my big question before we get to sort of the end of where this film is going is that reveal that you just said, Jacob, of the brother of it all. Um, why mm. does Cybok need to be Spock's brother in this film? What what does that reveal do for you other than, again, maybe being another Star Wars thing? Huh. Um, huh. I think it was to get yeah, it was to give Spock that connection to this character to make him more conflicted about things uh i'm not sure why exactly they decided to make him his brother that's another thing i think roddenberry was against because he's like it doesn't doesn't make any sense please don't do this <laughs> right and then we do it yeah. again with discovery but you know colin yeah. you brought up like uh, why, why now right with cybok and maybe something we'll see with the strange new worlds of it all is like what 
is he doing in the time between mm. Angel and getting out and building yeah, his really following? Yeah, they could really out his backstory. We, they could sure. get him to the moment upon which he dons the sleeves and enters a desert. I must go alone. I think I'll go to Nimbus 3. Yeah, you know, the, they could do Nimbus. all of that. So I'm, I'm here for it if we get some crazy character actor going <laughs> nuts. <laughs> Yeah, and and who do you guys want? I want um, Jeffrey Coombs. Didn't they sh- well? Didn't they show him in uh, <laughs> three worlds, or did they? Would they just? Uh, it was like a hood. Cast? It was like uh, a hood in the back of a head or something. Okay. We didn't see anything clearly. You, you know who I want? I want Hurley from Lost. This guy kind of oh, gives me fun. a Hur- oh, Hurley okay. from Lost vibe. You know, put, put charismatic as hell too. Like him on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to be likable because this guy, yeah. as a villain, he he's high charisma stat. Like he's very kind of charming and. In, a, in his own way, you know, and we would yeah, need to have yeah. that kind of energy for sure. And I could tell you who they had in mind as actors before they got Lawrence Luckinbill, but I'll save that because that's... Save that for trivia. My little oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But fuck therapy, says Kirk. But I will, but I will. Look at God. Hold on Men face, will do anything except yeah. hug their best friend's brother. Bro. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, keep keep that bottle of Sorium brandy sealed up tight. You know, that's bottle right. it up, buddy. Until wow. it explodes. That's the that's the masculine way. Right? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they get to this planet, Shakari, uh, in the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And so finally they're like, okay, let's go see God. Uh, the four of them walk out, the three main characters and Cybok. Yep. Kirk uh, grabs a gun. Cybok's like, mm-mm-mm. He says, we'll do it your way. Like, I don't know why you're agreeing to what he wants, but <laughs> you are now. Yeah. Right. So he wants um, a pacif- a Again, point, Cybok I'm saying totally no weapons. checked out, by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's hard to be interested at this point because... But his pacifism, sucks. his pacifism... Yeah. Continues. That's the point of him saying yes, no guns. That's yes. just why I brought it up to show that he's always yeah. kind of and he's like yeah, these three guys right. that have resisted me this whole movie. I'm just going to let them come with me and they'll see, see the truth. Themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's still believing. He's a true believer. Uh, but they walk out. They're like, God, we're here. And uh, he doesn't God's show like, up at first. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> and well. then, uh, <laughs> and then he appears. Right. Yeah. Well, and then I now, Jacob, I heard the blank check podcast describe this as tied with um, the reveal of the Scorpion King and the Mummy Returns <laughs> yeah. for That's biggest a good, comparison. <laughs> good biggest nope call back. moment in a movie where the effects just, just let it the, down. <laughs> just, like, just the everything is built around like this has to work, and it's like, yeah. oh no, it doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is like so. Like, what do you what do you think when you're watching this? You're just like, what do you if you're William Shatner and you're sitting down watching the daily or like the rough cut of this and you're like, this is what this we've got. Great. This is all the <laughs> yeah. money we have left. And keep in mind, yeah. this is 1989. So just keep in mind the movies <laughs> we're almost into the 90s that were coming out at that time, like the level of effects I'll, that were coming out at that I'll, time. I'll say Ghostbusters too. That guy talking in the painting to this day. I think that's one of the best special effects out there, man. I think yeah. that yeah. looks great. For sure, yeah. Same year, like you were saying. So Yeah. And so this we get a, <laughs> a bearded man's face in the sky essentially right he takes several different he, faces originally where it's like oh, yes. I'm, here's a vulcan I'm here's a klingon guys. but but yeah. he like but he like minecrafts out for a minute <laughs> like he yeah. just like blocks on blocks kind of too with his makeup sort of and then he just yeah. settles on standard generic god man yeah you know bearded old guy yeah yes and he's like i'm here 
and uh you're the first ape? ones to make it sup it's me god yeah, yeah. thank you excellent okay god is there anything you want or need while we're here by the way yeah uh yeah maybe a starship uh, oh wait a minute Hold and on. cybox like you know so if we set up the three stages of our characters right cybox 100 yes. percent all in he's like yes, yes whatever you need right and then kirk's like obviously the most skeptical and this is where i guess the, the meat of the scene with a blue face man happens where it's like yeah <laughs> You know, Kirk figures out something's not right here, but Cybok is Kirk so blinded. Is like, the effects me. look terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> excuse me. Yeah. Um, so he, he does his, uh, excuse me, what, what does God need with a starship? <gasps> Cybok's like, how dare you ask him that? You know, this is God. He yeah. throws yeah. a lightning bolt at him. <laughs> yeah. He starts to get angry. And then even DeForest oh, Kelly's like, God. oh, shit. He yeah. gets fucking pissed off and pushing Spock to be like, um, actually, as a reply guy, to be like, his question is valid. He didn't you answer, answer his question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then we find out it's essentially a Wizard of Oz type reveal, right? Where yeah. Yeah. That's the man With worse special effects. Well, yeah. it's basically the most, you know, <laughs> dumbass frat bro take on that big search for religion question, Jacob, that, that you pose that this film is asking, you know, at the start mm. of the podcast, which is like, you know, like... I want to get down to like the real question about God. It's these people who find these answers that are like, what if God was just like a guy who like didn't even know what he was doing, man. It was just like a thing. And it's like, he's, he doesn't even give a shit about us. And you're like, cool. Awesome. Yeah. I see you're reading Um, the old Testament. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Douglas Adams did this with uh, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy where it was like, God was just like a guy living in a cabin by himself, like minding his own business um, and didn't realize he was God. But so we find out in this that this God is actually just an alien who got trapped on this planet and is trying to get out, basically. And so once their starship to escape this planet. Right. And the but barrier to. Yeah, that's like his prison, apparently. Whoever put yeah. him there set that up. And apparently all you need that to do is trap. fly straight through it. You don't have yeah, to do shit. Starship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. So. Oh, can I can I just mention really quickly? Um yeah. the, the, the episode I, I missed, I called it Children of Apollo, but it's called Who Mourns for Adonis. Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, uh, the season two, episode four of the original series. Um, okay. And that's the same thing where they meet this guy who was once named as Apollo on Earth. And um, he had all these worshipers, but he's kind of a dickhead. Right. And then yeah. I think he throws a lightning. You know, so I, I've kind of seen this with Kirk before. So. Well, yeah. And, but this and, twist is that he's not even a god. He's just an alien who has the power. Well, Apollo wasn't him. a god either. He was just an alien oh, with power right. that so humans perceived as a god. And he just liked being right. worshipped. But, yeah. but can, and can I say, Mike, you're making me realize with you just even saying they flew straight there. Yeah. Like <laughs> the fun of half of these like this genre of storytelling where they like like even think of the force awakens where it's like we needed this last piece of the map so that we knew the coordinates to blah 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 Mm -hmm. and this it's literally just like cybok knows the answer they just fucking fly right there and it's like again why didn't anybody else fucking do this who he didn't have a ship also they're they're flying to the center of the galaxy and it takes them like no time at all it takes like a day less than a day (laughs) yeah yeah but there's not like a 10 yeah. Plus, there. yeah. Well, he, you know, see, he's guided by faith, you know, so he knows he'll Ugh. make it through the filter. But now it's stupid because even that I would like if he said that out loud, Mike. But go ahead. He's behaving like that because they're like, yo, we, yeah. we don't know if we're going to survive this. He's like full ahead. Yeah, he's very sure of himself. You know, but yeah. 
why is there no spatial anomaly that you need to like do the deflector array and like science it up? They just literally right. fly yes. through it. So and yeah. the bird of prey yeah. follows them. So it yeah, doesn't even have to be a fancy federation ship, which the B plot of there's a Klingon out there who lie. happens yeah. to want to kill Kirk. Very stupid. So it's well, it's been done so many times already. Like there's like, let's throw another Klingon in there just to add the sub villain. Like, seen it like it's so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. We finished that trilogy of films from two, three and four that we were talking about this unofficial like return to Earth trilogy. And now we're kicking up, including the last one, this very strange like What's going on with the Klingons and how do they feel about like the Terran sort of subplot? They just hate the, Captain Kirk specifically yeah, because of yeah. well, the next of previous one. films. Yes. Yeah. But we'll them. really dig into this. Oh yeah, next yeah. one. So yeah. My son. I really don't even want to talk about that whole subplot yeah. of this Klingon. No. It no. sucks. And that but, character's so unnecessary and then the end the the Klingon ambassador guy's Kirk. just like he has something to say to you. I'm sorry, right? Um, oh, no, but then we get that uh, sick, like, supervisor. you know, my bro at the, yeah. at the end That's banquet. Right. But first, before we get to the banquet, we have to have Cybok and Spock have a bonding moment. Cybok realizes, oh, this is not God. This is a huge dickhead. And I was wrong. And he takes responsibility and he says, hey, Spock, sorry, bro. And then he yeah. goes, share your pain with me, God, and just dives <laughs> into the, the abyss. Yeah, he sacrifices himself so that they can get away. <laughs> uh, this and this is one I have definitely rewatched this uh, one the least out of all these movies. So yeah. and maybe even like you know surf on my phone the most. So again, really watching it this time, like the dance and stuff. There were so many moments where I was totally shocked by what was happening. <laughs> this final scene with Cyborg, I was mm-hmm. like, "That's what happens to him!" Like I couldn't get over. I it. was so yeah. sad with how he went out because I do genuinely yeah. like that character. It was just so bizarre. Yeah. But then Kirk or someone was like, "I guess you would be lonely in fucking space and be sad." I guess. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. He kind of has a begrudging respect for him at the end, I guess. Um, and should have given him marshmallows. About- yeah <laughs> true um do you guys know about again uh they had to cut stuff for budget reasons but they had this whole rock monster planned for this climax <laughs> where they were going to fight a rock monster but then the suit was like so bad that they're like this looks so stupid there uh, are pictures of this fire golem normies check it out it's yeah. very cheesy and sad to look at again 1989 you can't get away with that you know it's not you know, 1972 or whatever, but, no. um, so they're just like, okay, well, let's cut the rock monster. Um, so that's Blue why lightning the, bolts that for climax, days. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems but so I, kind of abrupt. But again, I gotta say, I was flipping through Tubi, the, the program the other day, looking for movies to watch, came upon a comedy I'd never heard of directed by Leonard Nimoy. I'm like, of course there are no other Shatner things we should say. I, no. I brought it up that he directed a couple episodes of uh, T.J. Hooker. Right. Yeah. This like and this he, is it. He stars in yeah. too. Yeah. 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 He starred in. I think he. Yeah. He was. <clears throat> was he? Did he direct some of the original series episodes too? Or I'm not sure. I'm not oh, sure if he did that. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I know he did T.J. Hooker. And then another thing he would do is he wrote Star Trek novels that are part of the expanded. <sighs> lore of star trek he wrote uh i don't think they're canon or i don't think they're considered canon but he wrote novels of star trek i know Walter. how many Koenig girlfriends kirk too. has that just sounds so desperate to me yeah I don't know. at least we do have a zero-sum kirk girlfriends in this movie that's refreshing yeah um but again it does feel like if he's doing tj hooker in this it's like i want to stay relevant 
I'm I'm the captain. I'm the the original, you know, and it's like I'll climb them out. Bones and Spock teleport them away. I'll handle God. Like yes, yes, bro. <laughs> like humble yourself a little He's bit. I mean, that can stand up like to God. Convinced? No, you know, by the end of it. Yeah, um, yeah. And this is it. Of- like this, like this is our big Shatner movie. So let's let's just take a second to sort of like dig and say like the first time I ever saw him mm-hmm. was like years after this. I obviously knew what Star Trek was, but like my younger stepsister, past guest Allie's like favorite movie mm-hmm. growing up was Miss Congeniality. Where he plays like the yep. pageant host or whatever. Yep. Just a funny part, right? Yeah. And then like he would pop up on the sitcom Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, and he sure. just yeah. was this little washed up troll guy who like would get a pop from the audience and he would make my dad happy, you know? <laughs> but like sure. that's it. But like Boston this. legal. Oh. Yes. Mm. I mean, Have he, he got Emmys show? and stuff for that. I've never yeah. watched that, but like that was I've a never big watched deal it. for him. The weird thing with uh, Boston Legal is another main character in that is played by Rene Auberjonois. No, Otto. Yeah, yeah, Odo. Um, so wow. he, so yeah, a lot of Star Trek connections to that show. But I've never well, seen. I'm gonna it. watch that now. Chime and Bride, you know, I love. And they have that. scenes together. You can you can like Google like YouTube search uh, their scenes together. Oh, really uh, you're just gonna deep fake it so it'll be Kirk <laughs> and Otto having a dialogue now. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I first encountered William Shatner like in clips of arena you know because i'd never watched the original series but i i remember seeing that on the early internet days that's probably the first time i remember seeing like and him fighting that gorn kirk and the gorn with the foam rock you know and then the progressive right. commercial shit like that but i never saw tj hooker i don't remember knowing who he was in Miss Congeniality. like i remember watching that but i didn't have a connection that this is a famous person at that point it's right. not him voicing it but do you guys remember the plot of the first episode of family guy is Meg taking her driver's test, hmm. crashing a TV tower so there's no more television, and right. Peter mad that he can't watch Star Trek, and then he later meets William Shatner, and they become best friends for the entire episode. That's the I pilot of that. Family Guy. I remember yeah, that crazy. episode. It just shows you what a big Star Trek fan Seth oh, he MacFarlane loves is. it. <laughs> the pilot of Family Guy has He's Star Trek He's also had the it, entire yeah. TNG cast on as you know guest actors. Patrick Stewart obviously was a big uh, American big part of it. character as well. you're telling me my favorite show of all time but jacob and of course this episode is definitely the closest to that episode of futurama with them dealing with a quote-unquote god the entire time right right. so i think this is the biggest inspiration normies Mm. again watch that if you haven't it's the best yeah yeah but um I don't know. I, I, I like I like this more than one. I, I'm not going to do final thoughts, but it's like the, the way yeah. we wrap it up is abrupt. We don't get fire golem. It's just over. Yeah. And then yeah. The, well, we go back to camping. That's right. What do we learn at the end? I never row, needed therapy. Row, row. <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I don't need God or therapy. Damn it. I'm William Shatner. That's what we learned. Yeah. I just mean my two best buds that are always fighting, Spock and Bones. Uh-huh. We're all so old. What if, it, as it was fading out, he was like, "We're gonna die together," and then just like cuts to black. You're like, "Oh, yeah." What about that scene when they're like going to sleep and they're just like, "Good night, Spock." Yeah, that's, that's like I mean, the Waltons. That's a Walton. Oh, yeah, I mean, nice it's catch. So, it's yeah. so good. The whole this. Here's the thing, and even ending on that almost makes me forget of the 45 minutes of this film that I absolutely detest. So. Sure. It could yeah, be shorter. Camping in Yosemite for the whole movie. Yeah, it should have been. Oh man, this would have been on Earth. 
Cybox just hugging everything in Yosemite. <laughs> if it, let's Join say me, this. Mountain Lion. If it hadn't been Shatner taking over this, I think they would have fully embraced the comedy angle of the last film and just done another, you know, fun, grounded, silly movie. Sure. Well, yeah. it's interesting because three was kind of a box office bomb. Then four brought it back. It was the surprise hit. And then they were like, well, we got to make another movie now. Four was a hit. And then this one just did terrible at the box office. And they should have just stuck with the formula that was working with four, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And bu- budget probably didn't help. Like an Earth-centered Star Trek thing. You know, like we, no. we talked about that scene with Chekhov and Uhura just literally standing on the corner of some street in San Francisco. Like how cheap was that to film? You know? Yeah. Right. But <clears throat> people like that movie in the theaters. In this one, right. the reaction was, was obviously very negative. Immediately. Uh, and let me just read some of the movies that were coming out in the summer of 89 mm. that this had to compete with. Wait, can Batman, I, and can I say yeah. real quick, um, just the fact I sent, uh, normies, um, our, my fellow hosts here, this app that I had just heard from a, a podcast that was like, what's the number one movie when you were born? This right. was mine. This came out three oh, days yeah. before I was born. That makes me laugh. So wow. please continue. Yeah. yeah. The summer blockbusters of 89 that it was going against all big hits. Obviously you had Batman, Ooh. you had Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. Uh, you had Ghostbusters 2. Like I said, you had the James Bond movie, License to Kill. Oh, and you had Lethal best. Weapon 2. And those were all huge hits that were it was directly competing with. And it just, you know, bombed. So Man, and, and a couple of those would be considered maybe the best in their series. You know, Last Crusade, get that talk a lot, you know. Um, yeah. But this is certainly nowhere near the best in its own series. So to be competing with some of the heaviest hitters, yeah. Yeah. Not not great. Um, Sorry, yeah, William. Yeah, so it's unfortunate. Uh, and, you know, it's funny when it came out, William Shatner, like the day at, the, the morning after he read like a positive review in like the Los Angeles Times or something and was like convinced that it was going to be a positive reaction for most people. He was like super excited. And he's like, later I found out that I, how wrong I was. <laughs> oh, no. Poor guy. I'm so, happy to hear that. <laughs> well, yeah. He found out how wrong he was. I want to find out how right we both can be. What do you say? Mm. We go for another edition of uh, what's the trivia? The Wrath of Cobb. Yeah, Ooh, we make do it so. trivia. We're gonna make it so. My little trivia quiz. We're back. Mm. We're about to put our Trek knowledge to the test. That's right. It's the Wrath of Cobb. Do, 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 do. I spit at thee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> With my last breath. I think he, I think Cybok <laughs> is the second best villain of the movies so far. Wow. After Khan, it's Cybok easily. Who else is there? He's really? a weird, it's a weird I like villain because he's yeah, not Krug's even really cool a villain. Too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm he is better though. I, I would agree with you. It's just the the he's, thing he's that's always character. gonna knock him down is the Spock brother stuff. So Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, that's true. But anyway. He's a very interesting complex character, I think. I will give him that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But let me uh let me start my quiz here. So you know the rules. True or false. Uh I'll say something and then you have to guess true or false, and you guys can both answer and then I'll reveal you know, I'll say three, two, one reveal or whatever. That's mm-hmm. right. 
Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the fingers. One if for you're true, listening, two for false is what I do. You'll have yeah. to take our uh, word for it. Yeah. Sure. Um, okay, so this first one I actually just uh, gave to you earlier, Brett. Cybok was inspired by te- the televangelists of the 1980s. And we know. Um, true. That is true. So we'll skip that As question. As our test question, um, that's how the format will go, viewers. Yes. Now you know. <laughs> uh, so... Did you know, originally, mm-hmm. Spock and Bones, the, in the original script that uh, Shatner was putting together, um, Spock and Bones were going to side with Cybok and betray Kirk. Hmm. But, uh, oh, yeah, but Nimoy and Kelly, uh, Leonard Nimoy and DeForest Kelly, just really objected to that whole idea. True or false? Okay. I, I am locked in. Locked in. All right. Three, two, one, reveal. True. 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 I had to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I sort of worded that wrongly because I just gave you too much information. But hmm. yeah, they, they hated that idea. They're like, Spock and Bones would never betray Kirk. My belief, though, is that Shatner would be like, and wouldn't it be great if I fight you guys? And they'd be like, no, you piece of shit. Yeah. And then I his win. I beat you up. <laughs> yeah. His idea would be like the entire crew turns against him. I'm the hero. The only man that's shit. correct about everything. No. Yeah. It's not enough to beat God. He also has right. to beat Jesus his best friends Christ. and co-workers. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Can you imagine, <laughs> guys? That. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Um, on brand, but wild. On yeah. brand. Mm. Definitely tracks. Uh, <laughs> next question. Oh, this is an interesting one. Okay. George Takai, uh, how did he feel about working on this movie, do you think? He found working with Chatner as a director difficult. Mm. True or false? <laughs> I'm ready. Mm. I'm locked in. Three, two, one, reveal. Um, true. I'm going true on this. Anything that's true. just bad on Shatner, yeah. Yeah. I was tricking you guys a little bit. Uh, that is false. Whoa. Uh, George Sakai said uh, Shatner maintained a creative and enthusiastic atmosphere on set. And he said, I have He's- enormous... I have enormous admiration for his ability to block out that kind of pressure from seeping in on the set. Despite our sometimes strained personal history, I found working with Bill as a director to be surprisingly pleasant. Huh. Now Dude I totally has uh, led five you guys on lines there. in this movie. Well, yeah, I, but <laughs> I believe it. His yeah. one day on set was great. <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't have much to do in this one. Yeah, it's surprising. He just he right? walks through the woods with uh, Chekhov, and they're like, "Shore leaves cut early," and they're like, okay. "Oh yeah," because he yeah. joins Cybok fairly early, and he Cybok's yeah. just like drive the ship. He's like driving the ship, and like yeah, that's yeah. all him, he does the whole movie. <laughs> him, Uhura, and uh, Chekhov spend a lot of this movie just being brainwashed at by their Cybok. station, yeah. doing it just sucks. the minimum. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but surprisingly, he thought it was a good setup. That's so. wild. Well, yeah. We both missed that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was tricking you guys a little bit. You did. Uh, Very tricky. So here's a here's a fun one. So the name Shakari mm. is a play on words of the original actor that they wanted to play Cybok, Sean Connery. Shakari. <laughs> oh. Is that true or false? <laughs> I'm locked in. <laughs> Yeah, I'm locked in. I'm All locked right, in my three, head cannon. Reveal. I, I have. To, I said it has to be true because I want to believe it Mike so bad. Says true. <laughs> Colin says false. It is true. Uh, yeah. Oh, but, <laughs> so, but the idea was to him to Stupidity go. Stupidity like, prevails. This planet after you. 
I think maybe they named it after they couldn't get Sean Connery ah, as like okay. a joke or something. I don't I'm, know. I'm going Sha- with ILM to The Last Crusade. Shakari. Sean Connery. Yeah, you would have been doing that at this point. Yeah, so ah, their special effects and their co-star got pulled The Last Crusade. And, yeah. And, but <laughs> so they can wanted we say Sean Connery. Yeah. this is during, or I guess this is kind of before, but this sets up that entire area of The Matrix um aladdin's dad in the third aladdin movie um eventually he does do league of extraordinary gentlemen but all these movies where they were like please sean connery come out of retirement come out of retirement and he would say no over and over and over he'd always be like if it was like sci-fi or fantasy he'd always be like i didn't understand the the script lord of the rings yeah the big gandalf and he's like the rings i I don't get get it it. yeah and then the one that he decided to do the league of extraordinary the league that was the one yeah it's so bad i used to think Uh, dorian gray was so cool the one time I ever saw that movie. <laughs> Tom Sawyer, man. Uh, another, Alan, another Alan Moore uh, adaptation that he hates, obviously. <laughs> yeah, another Alan Moore movie that makes him, like, tie a noose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, um, that's, that chair in the prison is a danger because if somebody did get a noose around those pipes Kirk is hanging off of, they just press the button and it slides out from under their feet. That's <laughs> oh, not good. <laughs> anyway. chair. Yeah. Just, so Sean Connery, whoa. they wanted him. They also I reject were interested that. in uh, <laughs> another actor here, Max von Sydow. They were interested in maybe him. Oh, I almost Cybot. wonder if the guy they got for the next one too, Christopher Plummer, was ever in the mix. So you would be too. I, I could see Max von Sydow. Yeah, if Max von Sydow. Plummer. Yeah, sorry. Go. No, the planet would be what? Um, Mavosa. <laughs> Von Sydow, yeah. Von Sydow. <laughs> Mavosa. Uh, it's a little. It's a little planet called Piway Herman. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Big adventure. Uh, yeah. You mentioned Christopher Palmer. They might have wanted him for this movie. I know him and Shatner went back to like acting and plays and stuff back in the day. So that's how they got him for the next movie, which we'll talk about in a month. Nice. Uh, interesting. But uh, yeah, let's keep moving. Next right. question. Also, I don't like these questions. <laughs> I just followed my heart Trixie, like Cybok with that last one. Uh, yeah. Reveal your pain to me, Mike. <laughs> you got to see past my tricksy ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lawrence Luckinbill, Cybok. Uh, little known fact, or maybe not that little known. He is the real life son-in-law of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Uh, famous for, you know, Desi Lu Productions, obviously uh, producing Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. But is that, that true or false? Seems I'm going to lock strange. in. Okay, I'm locked, locked in. Yes. Three, two, one. Reveal. Is it true? True. Got the job that, through nepotism? I don't know if he got the job <laughs> through nepotism. still related. It's just a coincidence. But uh, that is the true. The smallest he's, big business okay. in the world, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he's married to Lucy Arnez, who is Lucille Ball and Desi Arnez's daughter. Huh. Oh, Lucy had a daughter named Lucy. Yeah. Hmm. Apparently, and her, I guess her name was Lucy Desiree Ar- Arnez. Sure, so. Lucy Ball, Lucy Arnez. Wow. Yeah, Desi hmm. Arnez. So, um, the amount of specific now, details on. in that hold were on. too specific for it to be anything but yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> well, these. but also, no, why isn't this like the third act of that Aaron Sorkin movie? <laughs> where they're like, but who's gonna play Cyba? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they covered that. Uh, yeah, Lawrence Luckinbill. I'm not sure if I know him from any other movies. Are you no, familiar I, with him in any other movies? What could films? he? I, he's one of those guys Pull where I up. imagine his Wikipedia page picture is him as Cybok. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it anything here. It could not be anything else. Um, 
but yeah, I guess, yeah, Shatner, like you said, he saw him in a play or something and just really liked him. So he said, hey, we tried Connery. We tried Von Sydow. Let's get Lawrence. Let's Lecter. get a nobody. That's That was sort of the wrong choice here. Yeah, not well, a yeah, lot. Not that it, I don't hate good, the though. performance. I, yeah. th- I, he pulls off an okay performance with what he's given. An so. episode of Columbo is maybe the biggest thing I can see here. So, Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's not great. I was um, the fifth villain in Star Trek. Like, right. you would say, like that would be like if I was the fifth uh, villain. In I Star was Spock's Trek. brother. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like you don't remember me? Like, no. Technically, a prince of freaking Vulcan. Yeah. You know. Anyway, yeah, all right. I'm not sure how the Vulcan. My dad's an ambassador. Works, if they even have princesses and princes and anymore. They said was she yeah, dead nowadays. before he met uh, Carol? Whatever her name was. What's Who? Spock's mom's name? This, this other Amanda, lady that Sarek was with? Amanda. Amanda, right. Um, I guess so, right? I or think just maybe. Vulcan culture, you can just... Or they just like got divorced. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, I guess divorce could exist in space. I guess yeah. so. I don't well, know. Well, you know, the, the whole thing with the Pring was basically space divorce. Well, breaking up with engagement, yeah. but you know. Don't it say that death. yet. Spoilers yeah. for Strange New Worlds. Sorry. Uh, just don't say maybe. it. Maybe. Um, all right, next question. I shipped Chapel Spock. A couple more. Uh... I'm excited. So this okay, here's a good one. This movie features a cameo by Leonard Nimoy's daughter. True or false? Mm. Hmm. I'm, when was there even like a little girl in this thing? I'm trying to think. Well, okay. She might not be a little girl. I'm locked in. Right, I'm locked in. That's right. Yeah, She's 48 in. at the time because of course Leonard Nimoy is 79 <laughs> when they made this movie. I'm yeah. I'm wagering uh, that she was the cat. <laughs> oh, that would be, that would be Shatner doing that. Uh, I believe it. Did what did you make my daughter uh, wear? And then I threw right, her into a pool. Reveal them, right? I'm Three, two, one. Reveal. reveal. False. Uh, false. Yeah. False. All right, you guys are correct. That was false. I was trying to trick you again. Nimoy's daughter isn't in this. Shatner's daughter is in this. She can't even imagine uh, who. Yeah. So <laughs> when he first comes aboard uh, after being in Yosemite, he's like putting on his jacket and stuff. He hands his climbing jacket or whatever he's wearing to his his yeoman right yeah this lady and then that is melanie shatner his daughter apparently huh you know i was watching that scene and i thought yeah of course shatner would have some lady put his jacket on but now that i know it was a cameo i'm like oh yeah it's kind of well the concept of a yeoman and this was kind of the joke of it is that like in the original series they had this position that's the yeoman which is like the basically his personal assistant that like brings him food and stuff. It was played by, um, I forget her name's Janice Rand in, in, mm-hmm. in the show, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I can't um, remember the name of the actress, but yeah, but yeah they yeah. kind of did away with that in like next generation and stuff, that whole position. Good. But this was, this whole scene was kind of a joke about that because he hands her his jacket. And then for the rest of the scene, she's just kind of wandering around the bridge because it's supposed to be a joke that there's no, that, that yo, yeomans rarely like have anything important to do and also there's nowhere to hang a jacket on a starship bridge so she's just kind of wandering around no zippers and no coat hangers damn it these yeah. doors slide <laughs> you can't put a coat hanger on now, that here, here's my question for y'all um shatner's twitter he's he's like a million years old obviously he's like 89 yeah. years old or something his he's twitter is is 90 years old yeah his his twitter is famously handled by his daughter uh, okay. And it's very anti PC culture, and will retreat a lot of like right wing bro stuff. Is that this woman? Does he have? Another I have daughter? no idea. He may have multiple daughters. If it's Melanie Shatner, then that is this one. Huh. It's, 
Interesting. You remember the woman? She has like a weird haircut too in this, in this I, movie. You calling her the yeah. Yemeni thing is making it stand yeah. out for that little scene. Yeah. She, is his, she is his yeoman running the Twitter yeah. for the captain, right? <laughs> Anyway. I think she's like I guess his that handler surprise now. Me. Yeah. I mean, I know Shatner's like a Republican and uh, stuff. So she's just like, but, I, I have dinner with him frequently. I know what he thinks. But <laughs> but truly, like other celebrities have like been like you know like responded to the like it's two PC now where he's like, no, it's like good positive celebrities. Like, oh no, it's good. Like everything good's happening, and right. Shatner will respond to those people and be like, shut up, Fucking you idiot. cuck, and people will be like. Oh. Shatner knows like what the word "cuck" means, and then it came out that it was like it's not it's him his doing daughter. It. So, mm. yeah. yeah, wild, wild, some weird mega stuff going on. But yeah, do you remember what? he was in a show called "Shit My Father Says" that was based on like a Twitter account that they turned into a show, okay. a sitcom. Yes. Now, in our little timeline that we had of post Shatner, that is the best point you did. That get bring a whole season? Yeah, I, I think but, maybe a, a whole season. But, that but got one of those season orders where literally people were like, "That's the Twitter's the future. This thing is just standing right. out. We'll green light it just because people retweet this fake account." Shit, my dad's, which that was, was like a, a racist account. Yeah. yeah, it was like, oh, oh my god, shit, my racist, like outdated dad yeah. says, yeah. A, like a joke or whatever. Incredible. Um, yeah, a gimmick Twitter account could be made into a show in the 2000s. Yes. Ah, oh, green light it all, time. baby. The internet, yep. it's scary and new. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so what's the current score with this? Uh, right now uh, it is Cobra. Colin 3, Michael 4. Wow. Yeah. Mike winning again. Always. No. I lost the first uh, couple, I think. Let's see. Let's do two more questions. How's that sound? All right. That sounds good. Giving me a chance. Um, yeah. So... In the scene when uh, Shatner's climbing the mountain and he falls, the stuntman that did that fall set a record for the highest or the highest descender fall by plummeting off of El Capitan. Oh my falls. God. Well, and Spock says that whole thing about no one will be setting any records today. So, okay, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm locked in. in. <laughs> yeah, lock it in. Three, two, one, reveal. True. True. I went false. So Mike says okay. false. depending on how the split goes, it might tie it up. <laughs> I said I uh it is true. Oh, <laughs> it's tied up. Oh no. Uh, Who knows? Stuntman Ken Bates set a record uh by falling off of El Capitan El Capitan with a wire sport rig. He wasn't just free falling. Oh. He should not have done that though. That's scary. It <laughs> seems like a very dangerous move <laughs> stunt for this level of movie. Oh. <laughs> it looks like um rear projection. So I, I thought you were tricking me by saying El Capitan when actually it was like a sound stage mm-hmm. large descent. Well, there there yeah. is some trickery in that scene with, with Shatner and Nimoy where they would Yeah. The background, but the long shot stops. of him falling, that's a stunt man fall. Right. She actually shot at that. That's scary. That yeah. is wild. I might rewatch that. That's ooh. Yeah. yeah. Um Okay, it's all, all right, tied so, up then. Wow. wow. Four, four. Well, we're about to tie this thing straight the up. F- fifth might, point, yeah. Star Trek five. <laughs> um this okay, so this is the only of the first six Star Trek films not to feature any scenes in or around Starfleet headquarters in San Francisco. Ooh. Is that true or false? Ooh, man, that's hard. This is it. one of those things where it's like, movies. did I turn it off too quick? Was I looking at my right phone? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, there is a moment where I'm like, okay, this thing's done. Turn it off. Or it's yep. like, maybe it still could have been going. Um, All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm locked, locked in. in. Lock it in. Yeah. 
for all the marbles. Here we go. Three, mm. two, one. Reveal. I went. We both false. went false. So. False. You're both wrong. Oh, it is true. You don't see Starfleet. At so all. the end. That Starfleet banquet's not at Starfleet, huh? Uh, isn't that on a ship or something? Like it could, yeah, probably. You Earth. know what? Yep. Yeah. I think you're right. Dang. I think that's on the Klingon Bird of Prey or something. I thought for some reason I was at like a banquet at Starfleet and they were like, good job, but you're right. That's, they well, because they ship. make that guy apologize. It has to be on the Bird of Prey. Yeah. yeah. Why else would those he, guys he, be He beams there? back to the Bird of Prey and then Spock's there. But then they show up the later at dinner and that guy right. comes right. through and is like, hey, my homie, yeah, Kirk gives him a half-assed back. one. Yeah, yeah they're, they're right. traveling. I, and they go back yeah. to Yosemite at the end. Dang, all right. Maybe so that's the curse. Tie score, 4-4. No, instead four, we, we spent more time on wow. the pleasure planet. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. Paradise right. City. Yeah, beat we me saw, down. We yeah, saw David Warner who hates his job. But I guess you tied at four. It's our first ever tie, I believe, on... Well, wow. I have a tiebreaker I could ask you. You want to tiebreak it and then get these final? Oh, we got to then. We yeah. got to, yeah. And I'll make this, all right, this will be a really hard extra okay. credit question. So if either of you guys can name it, you'll win. But oh, you buzz in. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, I don't think either of you guys will know this. You okay. Answer. But I'll okay. make it, instead of a true or false, I'll just say, yeah, it'll, okay. So. Mike, buzz in by saying, make it so. Okay. If you've got the right answer. <laughs> make it so. I understood. Make you it can't so. say it until he where, finishes the question. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the so the scene where the Klingon bird of prey blows up that satellite. You guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Nope. That satellite is uh or okay. Can you na- Can you tell me what uh real life uh space probe that that is? That's a real life space probe that the Klingons blow up. Yes. Um, so I don't think you guys are gonna know this. I'm gonna say. The Voyager. That's my... Oh, sorry. Make it so. The Voyager. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Voyager. Colin? Uh, was that thing called the Sea Nest, I think? Yeah, that's that's sea my nest. guess. Yeah. Mm. Remember, Voyager was in the first one, right? V'ger. V'ger. Oh, God. Uh, but this was well, the Pioneer 10 space probe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well... All right. It launched in uh, March of 1972. It became the first space probe to pass by and photograph the planet Jupiter. Wow. Mm. And now we l- retroactively lose all of our points for not getting that correct. <laughs> oh, that's zero right. to that zero was now. The, uh, yes, that is how oh. the quiz works. Uh, but it is currently still out there and it's heading towards the star of Aldebaran, which it should reach in about two million years. Uh, radio contact mm. with the probe was lost in 2003 when its communications system power source failed. So we're sending stuff out that we don't expect to get back in two million years. Oh, it's never coming back. No, hey. just, hey. it's gone. Yeah, but that's that's on. basically the, the the motion picture, right? V'ger comes back right. and it's all right, right, right. The know, maker aliened up. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah. All right. Well, we've met our maker, I think, on this quiz now that we've got all of our points redacted. I say let's uh, take a quick break and come back for final thoughts uh, right after this. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Come on, Spock. Why didn't you jump in? I was trying to comprehend the meaning of the words. That quiz wasn't as good as the voyage home, but do what you that one was are. a better one. Yeah, that was a very good <laughs> I'm, quiz. I'm still thinking about Eddie Murphy. Uh, 
yeah, in, the, in this in these films. But we're back. We're giving our final thoughts here on Star Trek. We talked to the fifth film here again, horribly named "The Final Frontier." You can just imagine this asshole lead of the series being like, and I'm basically titling it "The Last One." <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Thank well, it's, it's it's possible that this was going to be the last one, but I think yeah. the reception was so bad. They're like, we got to do another one just so yeah. people don't hate us, you know? Yeah. Like like and old you know, retirement matches. Like, oh shit, that was bad. We got to do one more. Yeah. It's Tom Brady. He's like, uh, I'll come back another season. Yeah. yeah. And but yeah. just charting all five of these, it's been so fun and so interesting to talk the give back and forth of Harvey Bennett and Nicholas Meyer, and just charting like how much they're involved, and what the sort of positive outcome becomes. So I am very excited to wrap that up uh, next month. And then um, are we still kind of moving forward with our plan? Are we going to do Galaxy Quest as well uh, after that between uh, the Next Generation movies? Yeah, I say let's do it. So we'll do. I've been uh, holding off watching that. I'm excited. We'll do Undiscovered Country next month, and then we'll do Galaxy Quest, and then we'll do Generations. Generations. Wow. A Kirk uh, Picard mashup, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. when I'll be talking about my kind of final thoughts on Shatner and where his life ends up in a very <laughs> yeah. crazy, uh, interesting way. But um, sure. for this one, as the lens of an artist and director, it's an impossibly hard job, truly. I'm not mm-hmm. blaming all of this on him. I don't think he set out to make a bad movie, obviously. And I think when it's the intimate stuff between him and the characters the yosemite stuff as we keep complimenting like he is doing his job there of being like these are people i've made stuff with for 30 years at this point like i i know to just let him go and that that does come off in this film and i wish it was more of that unfortunately it's not yeah i think that stuff in yosemite the three you know bone spock kirk they have such good chemistry together at this point they've been doing it for so long that all of their interactions i just think i really like in this movie still it's just everything in between, you know, it really loses me. Um, I appreciate that they were trying some things and like, you know, they had some interesting ideas. I just, it's really sort of a mess of well, an execution. But. And sorry to interrupt on your final thoughts, but the bones of this are so good, Jacob, to go off what you're saying of the ideas in this movie that let me say, when you steal one of these, you know, when you're, um, what's his name the lost guy the watchman guy and they're like you finally get to write you know a jj abrams star trek movie Mm -hmm. don't remake wrath of khan take what's good about this movie and remake this into a movie that people can actually watch (laughs) right yeah Yeah, i mean with it'll be interesting when we get to like into darkness and stuff because they didn't really remake wrath of khan but they just kind of took the character of khan and changed a bunch of things and like it's just really the name khan they're like people know that name I guess now that's kind of what they're doing with Cybok in Strange New World, and I hope that, you know, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I'd be interested to see more of this character and, like, where he comes from and what led him to here and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're alluding, you know, for my final thoughts, I love Cybok. I think he's very fascinating. Um, And the stuff that works for me is just, you know, him and the whole whole trauma angle. Like, I kind of dig that, like introspective yeah. part of, of this movie. And I also like, um, like that the enterprise is like broken. Like it's like, it's kind of shitty. They got a skeleton crew. It wasn't finished like being 
what's the new what's the retrofit of but it's not all the, finished right yeah right. yeah 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 so like well, yeah like scotty's complaining about like oh like you know nothing works half the doors don't stuff. open you know that kind of stuff and it is the original model too we should have said that right? the refit yeah Yes. Yeah. Well, you remember the yeah the Enterprise obviously blew Gets, up in. Then they're slowly movie. driving it home. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess yeah they just put it all back together. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think this is fun. I would say Wrath of Khan, Voyage Home, and then Final Frontier. That's kind of my three, followed by Search for Spock and Motion Picture. Whoa. Yeah. Even so though you put this above really Search for Spock. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I think just it's a little goofier, and it's too long. It's certainly too long. Um, but I just enjoy Search kind for of Spock the camp. has its weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. Man. I just like Cybok a lot more than just the That's slow. I mean, Search for Spock yep. has really great character stuff, but I don't know. I just like the kind and of weirdness here. I think what you said about Cybok in this podcast that we've been doing, it's really helped me appreciate him a little more, too. So I appreciate that. Why yeah, do you climb a mountain? I get where you're coming from. Because yeah. it's there. Yeah, it's there. I Tim and Kirk are not so different, really. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, Two men with stop. strong convictions, <laughs> willing to do whatever it takes to realize their goals, even so much so that they reject one another's own philosophy, right? It's they're, they're two sides of the same coin, the man of faith yeah. and the man of you know faith in himself, right? Shut, shut so. up, Mike. Just hug me. Come here. Come here. <laughs> Share your pain. So that, that's it for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah, if I had to rank them, I'll just say, again, to reiterate, I would say Wrath of Khan leaving out six because we haven't done that one yet. Mm-hmm. So Wrath of Khan, uh, Voyage Home, Search for Spock, the motion picture. And then I still put this one last just because yeah. hmm. I, you know, I don't know. I just rewatching this was really a pain for me to get through. And I would honestly rather rewatch the motion picture. I think if I had to choose one of them to rewatch again. Hmm. Yeah, and I was so into the fashion, if you recall, in that first one. Like, at least it does yeah. kind of have some different-looking Star Trek stuff that you don't appreciate. This is, it's all just kind of paint-by-numbers and then just not my... So, two, four, three, one, five. Wow, bottom of the barrel. Yeah, this one's so weirdly structured and paced, and, like, all the like the assault on the city stuff is just so insane. I mean, I guess that has some, like, it ends up being a zero sum action scene. <laughs> it's yeah. just a meme. If honestly, if I show this to my kids one day, if they got into star Trek, I would show them everything up to the enterprise getting hijacked. And then I'd be like, let's just go to bed. Let's stop it here. And then yeah. tomorrow we can just, we can fast forward through some stuff and end this movie. And I think that's kind of the only acceptable way to watch this film. It Cause there's, it's just, it's the pace is, we keep saying it. It's so weird. Yeah. The the arc of this film that's old men escaping jail and climbing ladders. Like, yeah, that, that <laughs> stuff can be a little quicker. Yeah. And ultimately, it doesn't, none yeah. of that stuff matters. And then they just yeah, go to that planet. Just, it's filler. It's such a letdown. Yeah. Like, even compare, you know, the climax of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, a movie that it was competing against. Like, that's so much more interesting. All the ending stuff when they go into the you know, the, the, uh, well, cup room and all that stuff. The, like that's so mm-hmm. interesting, but that's, but Jacob, let's even go to the first one and say that complaint that people have of if the characters weren't in the movie, what would the outcomes be? This whole movie goes down exactly the same way, whether or not Kirk, you know, is in it or not other than right. the ending where he kind of defies the God, but what this bum would have stolen the spaceship and left Spock's idiot half brother in the center of the universe jail and like nothing changes. Yeah. Right, know? right, right. So. It's like like Andy doesn't take the cup; he lets it no. fall. Right, same thing. 
Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that movie's paced so much better. Not same to do... kind of idea, just better execution from yeah. But also, yeah, the the pacing in that. There's like eight fucking unique action scenes in that movie that I've never yes. seen in another movie. <laughs> yes. And then there's this, you know, like yeah. no there's wonder. just a journey of a character. You're just India's a complicated who goes through something. And but this, Kirk just like, again, not always right. Guy, yeah, to this bring, idiot yeah. is like he's right to everybody. He's right to God. Yeah, my yeah. problems that I've had with Kirk is like he's he still doesn't seem to have any mournfulness about his son. Or anything. He's just, I'm always right. I'm going to climb a mountain. And Mike, the the literal setup to this film. And again, if you were the person who's in charge of your lead character being like, I I have the power to give myself the meatiest performance possible. There should be a line where he rebukes Cybox Hug saying, speaking about God in general. You're like the royal we of like, and you weren't there when my son died. And you were, the, and you know, you expect me to, you're like, he should be cathartically getting this stuff out. There is none of that. Where it's was God when Spock died? Where was God when my yes. son died? I had yes. to solve all that on my own because yes. there's not, yeah, come on. Yeah. It's right there. It's, it's weird because he, he says, I don't need for, therapy. <laughs> yeah. He's basically forgotten about his son until he remembers again, him again in the next movie. What which, it, maybe Cybok yeah. reminded him he needs to open up. He was resisted in this movie, but he starts to <laughs> introspect and it's right. a deep I, arc and I'm underrating it. Yeah. I'm shocked this wasn't in your trivia search for questions, Jacob, but how much do you guys want to bet a million dollars that his first pitch was, and God's a sexy woman, and I have sex with her? <laughs> like, yeah, like how, is he, how yeah. did he fight that temptation in this film that he doesn't have a girlfriend? I know Mike said it, but it's it's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what? I, I'm wrong about this movie. Amazing restraint, William. Great directing. <laughs> really proud the of you. Cat, the cat, though. I mean, oh, the cat. Oh, the cat. No, yeah. Oh, yeah the three-breasted. Like, it's there. It's just lady. how at the end was it? jumps like, on and then top she's of him. on our ship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. All right. Um, the cat. I, I redact all of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's an interesting movie for sure. Um, we'll be wrapping everything up in terms of the original cast, at least, next month with Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. I'm Mm -hmm. sad and nervous because at this point, like these people making these movies, they are my old friends and I don't want to see them go. So I'm the next one. I always kind of get it's not my favorite one. And I always get a little wistful watching it because it's so bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. As as much as I criticize. It is a better send off than than this movie. Right. Yeah. and, And I think the original cast, as much as we joke about them being old, like they really do come into their own in the motion picture era the of the original yeah, series. Um, it's at, they're at their best. And so, yeah, the fact that, that we have one more of those solo, it, it's and a it's little bit weird to think about. Like, has a has a franchise ever gone from a a show that was canceled after three seasons became a cult hit? after it ended and then came back as a series of six movies that were way more popular than the show was. Yeah. Like God bless his soul if we hadn't lost him, but it would be like if like they made Sopranos movies and Tony by the end of one was like, and I'm directing number four. And you'd be like, right. Yeah. You cannot do that. That's crazy. Yeah. I guess these original series films, when we'll probably talk about this more when we wrap it up, but yeah, it is pretty amazing. The last film comes out in 1991. The, the oh decades God. that this crew has spanned adventuring, pretty the wild. In the sixties, sixty six. It's like if, if there the was like a eighty two. 
Uh, first 79 first was, was motion 79. picture. 79 yeah. to 91? But it's like, what if Bonanza became a spinoff of feature films that lasted until the 90s, right? Yeah, wild. Jesus. Absolutely Again, just the wild. fact that these were all big blockbuster budget yes. type movies, and they were all starring a cast of people in their 50s and eventually 60s, right? <laughs> just wild. Like, that would never be done today. No, they truly the accomplished the uh, man and the, uh, you know, the starlet to sell tickets. No, Robert Downey Jr. in these endgame movies is probably the same age that these people mm. were when these movies started. Right. But the, the performance he has in these modern films is like, I'm finally ready, ready to settle down and have a baby with Pepper Potts. You're like, have a baby. You're like 65 <laughs> years old. What are you yeah, like? The true. idea of youth in modern movies is ridiculous compared yeah. to the first two arcs of these films, which are we are old people. Look at how old we are. So I'll, yeah. I'll always treasure. Them I mean, they were that. doing too old for this shit type yeah. stuff in the first movie. Right. Mm. A decade after the show ended. But yeah. You're supposed it's to be an admiral, Jim. Franchise, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, very you're right. Strange how it all came about. But. We'll never see something like this again. You know, the never. final frontier is the undiscovered country that they plotted through in creating this type of a feature film franchise this late after their series being canceled. So, good on Beautiful him, Mike. Thank you, and we'll be back uh, in a month for more, and we'll be back next week for our regularly scheduled programming. Yeah. That's All that right. normal stuff, check out at normies underscore like underscore us. All social media, check us out on YouTube. Rate, review, subscribe, leave a comment. Super helps us out. Absolutely. Always appreciate it. And uh, thanks again. Taking that bold journey. We've been your host. This is Lieutenant Colin. Mike Bach, thank you for sharing your pain with me. And this is uh, Lieutenant Jock. Live long and prosper, Norman. What do you call these marsh, marshmallows? Peace out, brother. Marshmallows. And what do we do after we have consumed them? All right, you ready? Row, row, <laughs> row, 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 Bye, Norman. Captain. Bye. It's not a dream. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools!